0: Before I start, I do have to acknowledge that Pensacola was established before St. Augustine. However, it was abandoned, Mm -hmm. so St. Augustine has the title, nation's oldest city. Continuously occupied oldest city. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I always gotta gotta put that out there because people will try and call me out. (laughs)
1: Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. Today, we are joined by James, the host of Project Past on YouTube channel. Welcome, James.
0: Hello. How are you guys doing? Good,
1: good, good. Now, before we get to chatting with James and I introduce him and let him tell us a little bit about himself i'm going to ask our listeners and our watchers for reviews on apple podcast spotify or wherever you are listening the reviews truly help the show grow and come on the sooner you give us a review the sooner we can catch the history channel because <laughs> the history channel can't stay on top forever we're coming for you all right. Well, you now, have
0: an advantage. You actually talk about history. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring history back to the history. Channel. That's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. So so as I was saying, our guest tonight is the host of Project Past YouTube channel and where he takes you on an exploration of our nation's battlefields, museums and little known historic sites. He does this all while protecting our neighborhoods as a firefighter when he's not visiting Civil War Civil War sites and he has a fantastic follow on Instagram really just go give him a follow he's he's super fun over there So how you doing tonight James
0: I'm fantastic. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, I'm super happy that we were finally able to kind of line up our schedules. Sometimes that's tricky when when the large majority of us, uh, I'll call us history content creators, work full-time doing other stuff. Yeah. So, so James, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about yourself and how you became came to be a fan of history and maybe how that eventually developed into the YouTube channel?
0: Well... Uh, I'm James. I live in Florida. And uh, my love for history started way back when, when I was a wee lad. Um, Ever since I can remember, I've been addicted to military history, whether it was, you know, playing with soldiers or tanks, planes, anything military related, I had it. Um, As I got a little older, maybe second or third grade, uh, my dad popped in Gettysburg. And uh, from then on, I was completely hooked. Um, You know, we look at it today, it wasn't you know, completely historically accurate, but at the time it gave my imagination a place to go, you know, shortly after that, you know, he was, my dad was also big into uh Roman empire. So gladiator was a staple in our house. Oh, right on. Um, So, you know, the, on the weekends, those movies were on, especially when there was no football on. <laughs> um, and uh, shortly after that, you know, the Patriot came out and I was always outside, you oh, know, yes. pretending I was a swamp Fox battling the red coats. The neighbors probably thought I was insane. <laughs> uh, you know, can't tell you how many times I defended Little Round Top in my neighborhood. I mean, yeah. I lost count. Um, so, yeah. It, and as I got older, got more into sports, I'm, I'm happy that it stuck with me. You know, I get home from football practice and pop on the History Channel when it had history, uh, yeah. like Mail Call. That's and right. One <laughs> of my favorite shows was Civil War Combat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually, they just uploaded the videos on YouTube now. So it was actually kind of cool. I went back and watched a few. Hopefully, they're moving back towards some history stuff. Sure. Um, and then high school came and then uh, I took a video production class. Uh, so that's really all the experience I have as far as videography or editing or things like that. Took it kind of just, I had to, I needed another elective and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, graduated high school, became a firefighter, went to EMT school, became a paramedic. And I've been doing that since 2010. Um, luckily for me, the fire service is pretty steeped in history and tradition so that was pretty cool to learn that kind of stuff and kind of become learn those traditions and pass those on to the newer people coming in um, so that was a pretty easy transition for me uh, and then uh when COVID hit um I was, my wife and I talked about doing something when everything opened back up returned to normal and I came across a uh, tiny tiny YouTube page uh called the History Underground yeah yeah uh, <laughs> yeah I started watching some of his uh, DC videos mm-hmm. and, um, you know, sh- sharing with my wife, she's like, Oh, it's really cool. You know, we started making a plan for a trip and I just kept, I went down the rabbit hole watching all of his videos and we started watching them together. And uh, she was like, you should do something like this. I was like, no way, no way I can talk on camera like this guy. And, um, so here we are. I created a page and, uh, kind of used some of that videography I learned. Sure. I learned a ton. I learned that I wasn't prepared. You know, you think you just go to a site and uh, flip on the record button and you start talking. But as soon as I see myself on the camera, I forget how to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then the outline I have in my head goes out the window. So it's pretty challenging, but I enjoy it. Um, You know, I had nothing as far as editing wise, I was doing everything on my phone. So slowly, but surely I finally, I'm at a place now that I feel like I can actually put out content and be comfortable with it. Um, yeah, so that's how I got here
2: today. Awesome.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. You mentioned History Underground, yeah. pre- previous yeah. guest of the podcast, and uh,
2: yeah, I we I had yeah. connected with JD early on too because yeah. I had found him and I reached out to him because he was in Arlington his first time. The same time we were our first time. Yeah. Oh, and good. I was like, "You're in Arlington. I'm in Arlington."
1: Yeah, I think our and- <laughs> I think our Arlington video posted like a couple days.
2: Yeah, and then he was like. Oh my gosh! After I watched your Arlington video, I was like, I didn't even do Arlington very well, and I'm like, see. <laughs> so then we and we've been talking ever since. He's I love JD. He is so great. I mean, we our 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 avenues of history are different. He's very much immersed mm-hmm. into the World War II sides of everything. Yeah, some Civil War, but in with Gettysburg. But um, I just I just love him. He's such a great guy. That's what I love about meeting people like you. It's like as long as you're happy and you enjoy what yeah. you're doing it yeah. really it, it's not work like we enjoy this this is something no. we find fun it's a hobby it's something that is interesting to us
1: so so was your when your wife kind of when you started the channel you know right and she kind of prompted you to do it is, is she you said you were saying before we started recording that she's a history teacher so is she like kind of that much more yeah. excited about the channel because now it's something more you guys get to do together
0: yeah, she she uh, definitely is a big fan of mine. Um, her interests are actually different as far as history. She's more World War One, yeah. Russian Revolution, Cold War. I'm more uh, American Revolution, Civil War. I mean, I love it all, but if I could, I feel like I enjoy those time periods the most. So when we go to a Civil War battlefield, she's kind of learning okay. the first time a lot about a lot of this stuff, but there's plenty of times where we're watching a documentary and she's like this, this and this. I'm like, Oh, um, I feel like I should be taking notes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But yeah, but it's, it makes for, uh, you know, when I want to plan a history trip, it's definitely, I don't have to, uh, kind of convince her. She's always pretty on board to go. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I don't have to convince you either.
1: She, she doesn't have to convince me as long as I get to do the production side of the channel. Cause like that to (laughs) me, that's in, in a weird way. Right. It's it's like some very obscure
2: things to do. Like I wanted to do mm-hmm. Hila Henrietta Lax, right? I want to do Hila Lax, you know, I wanted to do her home in Clover, Virginia. And Scott's like, who, what?
1: S- like <laughs> in the middle of nowhere.
2: Three There's... hour drive with the kids, but he's on board. He's like, yeah. if you say it's important, Jen, then it's right. important.
1: Like, and, and, and for me, I just enjoy the, the production side of it. So I, I give tons of props to, yeah. to folks mm-hmm. like yourself and JD and other folks who are doing like both the research side and the talking on camera side. And the the video and editing side.
0: A lot goes into it. Like I said, you, you think that you're like, oh, I can go to a site and talk about it. And it's so much more. You got to do the research that's and then you got to go to the site. Yep. And then you got to film. Yeah. Get comfortable then, talking yeah. in front of people. Yeah.
2: Make sure that I get that footage. Did I connect the story? Did I say yeah. the right thing? Did I hook the right thing? Like all those things. you yeah. have. And that's why it's so hard. Like, I feel like that's just enough. And then for him to do all the editing, I couldn't even. I don't even. Yeah, I'm so thankful to yeah. have. Yeah, and
1: him. I and I, you know, I, don't, I heavily edit, you know, our videos. I, I, <laughs> I put. Uh, yeah. Not not not, not, worry, not necessarily because not necessarily because of her, because uh, I'm I'm trying to find the story. She gets so Jen gets so wrapped up in the facts and just excited in her and and that's what I, I like about when I get to talk to a guest like yourself I kind of go check out your videos you know I check out another guest videos and you can you can see the passion right and that usually comes through on camera usually like if for her she's giggling like a schoolgirl if, she, <laughs> if she's you know somewhere that she really wants to be and that comes through and i intentionally yeah. leave that on camera and people will comment on that they'll be like oh i can see you're so passionate about history um but she, she gets so wrapped up in that and she kind of loses the story and so i'm trying to tell the story from an editing perspective and all that stuff so it's a it's a ton of fun
0: yeah it's a it's a fine balance because some you get wrapped up and you know going to a site you're like all right i got to film i have a small window to film and then uh
1: so what are a couple of things that are still on your list of like I really really want to go?
0: That list gets longer every day. Yeah. <laughs> um so I I definitely I just got back from Gettysburg. Um I spent 2 days there which yep. obviously wasn't enough. Definitely I need to go back there. I barely even scratched the surface of what was there. I'd like to hit Antietam again, Harper's Ferry, um if I, I can choose a place yeah. that I haven't been to. Uh I I drove I drove through it on the way back from Antietam back to the airport and I was like all right, this is Moving closer to the top of the list for me. Um, Harper's Ferry is probably my number one. I would like to get back to Chattanooga. Uh, I visited before uh, I had the channel. Um, Lookout Mountain was an amazing view. Probably one of the most unique battlefields that you can probably visit. I mean, just the uh, geography itself was, I don't even know how you would assault that mountain to begin with, (laughs) but um, yeah I would like to get out west, maybe a little big horn um yeah, I feel like uh I've covered a lot of East Coast, which is makes sense because I'm you know on the east coast, but um uh, and I do want to get to normandy uh just uh yeah, be cool to yeah, me too
1: yeah well,
0: yeah, when you talk about World War ii you know yeah. we go to museums and stuff, but they go to a battlefield like you know we can go to a civil war battlefield and like, okay, this is what we learned in school and this is what you know all the documentaries we read about and watch and but you know, World War II. I feel like you can't just go out in your car and see a battlefield. You yeah, know? we yeah. especially when you're in the lower 48. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's that's definitely a place I want to go to.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's super cool. All right, so yeah. that's uh, thank you for kind of telling us about your channel, kind of how you learned about history. Um, now, the the next step that I like to ask our I do with our guests is it's like a what I call a word association game. <laughs> It's, it's just like it sounds, like we all know. It's yeah. I say a word, you let me know. First thing that pops in your head, um, just let us know. And okay. it's all eventually steering towards a subject, and, all, and this is just kind of a fun way to broach that subject. So if I was yeah. to say the word or phrase, if I was to say catchy tune, what would you think?
0: I would say uh, Enter Sandman by Metallica.
1: Ooh, yeah, good one. Oh, my gosh. That's, generation. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, all right, if I was to say England what would you think?
0: God save the queen. Yes, absolutely. Especially
1: this Absolutely. Year. All right, if I was to mm-hmm. say Arthur, what would you think? King. Okay, King Arthur. Now, if I was to say six wives, what would you think?
0: Very popular. Very popular. <laughs> so, that, so, <laughs> also, so we
1: thought for sure you'd get so, it that So those, those words were all leading into Henry VIII. Henry VIII. So Henry oh, VIII, okay. right? So catchy tune. There's that catchy tune, like "I'm Henry the Eighth, I am, I am." Funny aside, that song actually became very popular in the 60s mm-hmm. and dethroned um, Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. It
2: was the Herman's Yeah, uh-huh.
1: of course
0: you know that. Before, and was henry.
1: Henry! So <laughs> i had to look i had to like look <laughs> that up i had to look that up but so funny funny aside yeah. on that um so so catchy tune was like the henry VIII eighth catchy tune mm-hmm. Um, England. So Metallica uh, wasn't close. N- n- Meta- but it's that's a, okay. It's a catchy tune. That's okay, right? That, and that's, <laughs> that's the, good riff. That's the fun part of this is people get to play along too. And then Arthur. Yeah. Now Arthur was actually Henry VIII's older brother. So Jen was okay. telling me this.
2: Yeah. So Henry VII's first son was Arthur, and, and Arthur was the one who inherited the throne, but he dies young. Right. And so Henry VIII inherits it after him, and actually marries his wife Catherine. That was Arthur's wife.
1: Yeah. And then uh, six wives. Henry the Eighth had six wives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so so what I I, I do all that just kind of a fun way to kind of ask people because we like to ask this question is is what do you remember either in your youth learning about Henry the Eighth if anything at all? Like for me, it's typically not much. Um, or what kind of stands out to you about Henry mm-hmm. VIII now?
2: Kind of a popular historic figure. Yeah. We try to figure out like how people learned about them and what they learned about
1: them. Yeah, what do you remember learning about Henry VIII if anything?
0: Honestly, nothing. Yeah. I can't recall a time where we even broached that subject. Yeah. Um yeah, so when you made the association, I was like, "Oh, definitely over my head yeah so yeah.
2: you never watched like the Tudors or the other boleyn girl i mean that was uh no uh scarlett johansson everyone wanted to watch that movie yeah i mean <laughs>
1: i mean, I, I, would, I would say for me the only thing i, I was vaguely aware of like henry the and like the whole wives thing and that he had like basically had two or three of his a bunch of his wives killed
2: two of them yes
1: right um Okay. That that, kind of rings. See when you say, and that's how I am. When when it comes to history stuff, like if you said something that you kind of thought I should have learned in history class, I'd have been like, "Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar, right? I'm very good at that kind of stuff. So
2: he's Elizabeth the first, father, the first Elizabeth, the first Queen Elizabeth, who ushers in the Shakespearean era and everything. Never marries the Virgin Queen, who Virginia is named after. You know, like. He, that's her father. So that's kind of like where he kind of gets most of his fame comes from her reign.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and now that you mentioned it, James, like I'm trying to think of what kind of English history I remember learning about when I was younger. And I can't I can't really say much more than like the whole era of when, you know the U.S. revolution and, and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, Henry Eighth yeah, is usually it, something you very learn little. about. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, he's a good example of monarchy, Yeah, right? So when we talk about why, why we're so different than the English.
1: Yeah, I mean, is there any like uh, kind of bits of U.S. slash English history crossing paths that, you, that kind of stand out to you from learning? I mean, really for me, it's like Boston Tea Party, right? You know, it's stuff <laughs> like that.
0: Yeah, you have the early colonization of yeah. uh, the East Coast um you obviously touch on that leading up to the american revolution um briefly touched on the seven years war or french and indian war and then obviously the american revolution is something that is yep. covered um but outside of that there's really not a whole lot it's usually most history starts you know early colonization mm-hmm. to modern day now yeah from an american standpoint at least
2: yeah
1: yeah and i was actually trying to look up And I and I I went down kind of this path of Henry VIII Mm because I was trying to pick a relatively famous English historical figure, you know, because like you said, God save the Queen, yeah, you know, uh, as of recording, the the Queen just uh, she just passed a couple days ago. Now Um, the anthem is changed to
2: God save the King.
1: That's right. That's right. And, um, so I, I wanted oh, that, to kind that of, is right. mm-hmm. that's, yeah, it's, it's it God officially changed payment. the next day. That's Did interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so I
0: actually that's looked. something you don't even think of.
1: So she is actually distantly related to Henry VIII. Mm-hmm. So Henry VIII's sister is essentially her, I don't know, great, great, great. I don't know how many ever times great grandmother. Um, mm-hmm. So they they the royal family of today is just dist, very distantly related to that Tudor era. Mm-hmm. So I was I was curious. I was like oh, Henry the That kind of popped into my head when I was trying to think of something. And I was like, Yeah, is he related to you know Queen Elizabeth II?
2: Yeah, and like that's early Americas. Like in the 1500s, yeah. that's like the Americas were more like we're going to send you to the Americas. Like it was you're you're being sent away. Right, it's, it's it's still a Brit- yeah. British colony, but it's kind of like a
0: maybe punishment. this colony survives.
2: Yeah, it's a punishment more than anything else to be sent to the Americas in the 1500s. Yeah.
1: yeah, and well, and and as history fans, <laughs> right, he's kind of yeah. a he's one of those larger than life oh, kind of historical figures. So
2: one of the biggest Broadway plays right now is called Six, and it's the Six Wives of Henry okay. the Eighth, and it's kind of like the, the Spice Girls. They all have their own personalities and it's, it's the, I saw it on Broadway. It's amazing. And so I, you know, I got into American history mostly because for my master's degree, if you don't speak a foreign language, you have to kind of do American history. (laughs) Like if you don't speak French or German, you're going to, you can't really do world history um, so it was kind of like, okay, I guess I'll do American history, but I do love English <laughs> history. And we've been to London, and I I drug him to Hampton Court, yeah, which was Henry the Eighth's castle. And
0: <laughs> they had characters.
2: He, rem- he doesn't even he doesn't he remembers the jousting. Yeah. that was there. That's yeah. what he remembers. I remember seeing the jousting.
1: <laughs> I, I, they were like the going jousting, is cool. yeah, jousting is pretty cool. Jousting was pretty cool. One of the next things I, I like to ask our guests is is what's the first big historical event that you remember in your youth? local a family thing we've had a whole breadth of of different different things whether it's national global but that first kind of big historical event that that really kind of opened your eyes of like oh my gosh I i remember when this happened
0: i have a couple obviously uh we're on the eve of nine yeah. eleven. um yeah i was in sixth grade when that happened in my classroom and uh it's hard to believe on one hand you know 21 years ago it's 852 here in new york i'm bryant Gumble. we understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of manhattan you're looking at the uh, world trade center we understand that you know it seems like it was a long time ago and then on the other hand it seems like it was just a couple weeks ago you know it's always weird how you you can remember every single detail of that day um and even in sixth grade like i remember where i was what i had for lunch my 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 mom coming to pick me up from school because you know everyone was panicking and I was at an age where I knew something bad was happening, but you know, I didn't understand the magnitude, if yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Were you in were you in Florida? Um, yeah, just being Yeah. Yep. Okay. I was in school, I I think I was sixth grade. And I think I was in geography class and we were doing current events and uh obviously the events unfolded. Um so definitely wanted to touch on that, especially being on the on the eve of the anniversary. Absolutely. It's funny, James, um, I was
2: in Florida. <clears throat>
1: Oh, That's right. You were. Yeah. Although Jen, Jen, Jen had just, uh, I just finished flight, flight school. school, Naval Aviation Flight School. <laughs> so
0: really? I got my were wings. you in Pensacola?
2: I was in Pensacola. I was NAS Pensacola. Okay. I got winged yeah. three days later. So I was the first oh, winging wow. class after 9-11. And uh, so you and I were both oh, in wow. Florida. Very different experiences. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> in the same yeah. State. Yeah. Very different. Um, but, you know, as, as you get older, especially, you know, we lived through that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it seems like it's more important playing into that history standpoint to, to keep that day
2: yes.
0: uh, relevant, you know, as time goes on, you know, things, those things naturally fade away. We have generations of adults now that weren't alive during that event. Yeah. And as I get older, you kind of view it a little differently. You know, you think about on the eve, September 10th, how many people went to bed for the last time, how many firefighters yep. cops went yep. to work for the last time, Very you know?
2: Yeah
0: that that's obviously a, a major world event. Um, a more local event. Uh, I was, it was I guess it was in 1998. Um, we had really bad fires in Florida that year. I mean, they were all over central Florida. Uh, we had a drought it was during the summer and it was kind of like a movie, you know, I was at the beach. I think I was in, uh, I was eight years old. So third grade, fourth grade, somewhere in there. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you see this huge plume of smoke in the distance. So it was like a movie, you know, everyone kind of like turns and stops and everyone's like pointing, you know, it's like kind of like Independence Day, sure. know, the ship comes through the skyline. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, we we're always like, oh, it's a pretty bad fire. Well, a couple of days later, you know, there were two giant fires in our county. And like I said, they were all over uh central Florida. And they were worried that they were gonna come together. And I was with my dad, we were at a hardware store. Um, And you can look off to the west uh, and you can just see the glow and giant pieces of ash are falling down in the parking lot. And then uh, I remember this guy running out saying, we got to go. And I guess they evacuated, they uh, mandated that the whole county uh, evacuate, which is the first time that's ever happened in Florida. And I think it hasn't happened since. Um, It was a county that was growing, but they didn't have the resources at the time, uh, fire department wise. So they they were pretty much riding off the county saying, you guys got to go. We can't stop this thing. Oh my God. Um, So, you know, that was I was too young to understand what was going on. I just know that I was living through it. Um, yeah. Luckily, the weather pattern shifted and it was able to, uh, I guess, stop it at a certain point where we were able to come back in about a week. But, yeah, that was uh, that was quite the experience, especially being eight years old.
2: Now, did that really influence you in becoming a firefighter?
0: I
1: thought the same thing.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. Um, like I said, I think I was a little too young to kind of, it definitely was in my mind, but I think nine 11 really kind of yeah. Yeah. geared me to that, uh, career path. Um, but I don't think, you know, that, that event hurt really sure. it probably helped me make my, make my decision.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. So, so when you, like, I mean, I assume that you guys kind of packed up whatever you could in the house and, and high tailed oh, yeah. out of town.
2: Yeah. How right. did you go to Pretty family much, or I mean, friends? Did you go, did you leave the state?
0: Um, so my a majority of my family lives in the same county. So we were all just rendezvoused in Jacksonville. Okay. And I mean, I remember the roads were jam packed, uh, you know, because the highway was shut down because of the fire. Sure. So everyone was having to take these, back oh, no, these tiny back yeah. roads. And I think it took us like eight hours to get to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's about an hour drive under normal conditions. Wow. Um, yeah. And I just remember the glow and you see these giant pieces of ash falling down. Um, yeah, that was Definitely, you know, little things like that pop out to me then. I didn't understand it all, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was, it was interesting.
1: Yeah. That's super interesting. So that's, that's, uh, you're probably the second person that's had kind of a more youthful kind of closer family yeah. type one. Yeah, a friend of ours, Dave, um, had talked about like a, a car crash yes. right, that he and his, his parents had gotten in and for him, you know, I think it was something similar, right? It was something like big enough because I think his his father, you know, had to be taken in an ambulance. It was okay. Mm-hmm. But it's the first time he saw his his parents, his family volatile. Vo- volatile, you know, you know? In, in a in a mm-hmm. you know, in a vulnerable yeah. Yeah. you know, situation. Yeah. Same thing for you, right? It's that safety. And that's that kinda yeah. tends to be that's a trend that I've seen from other things, right? We talked to Chris Witt from Witt Docs mm-hmm. and for him. It was when, like, I think the Gulf the War Gulf started, War. And, and, they, and they were talking about it in church, and people were scared, and for him, it's the first time that he felt, for him, church was a safe space, but then people were using these words that felt dangerous, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um,
2: so people that you rely on for your safety yeah. are in fear, yeah. and I guess it's the first time it allows it, you recognize
1: It's that. just kind of a little bit, little bit of that shock to the system. Like, I don't quite understand this, but I know it's bigger than... Mm-hmm. Than than just oh, yeah. my little world, mm-hmm. you know.
2: But you guys were okay. Was yeah. your house okay and everything?
0: Yeah, we were we were fortunate. We were in an area um, where that I get this. I don't know how you know how how it played out, but the wind shifted just right, and our neighborhood kind of skirted our neighborhood. Other neighborhoods didn't fare so well. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think like two hundred and something houses ended up being lost, um, yeah. but we were very fortunate to come back, and everything was pretty much right where we left it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: very, very interesting. I think the the youngest thing that I remember, so I was actually in Yellowstone when I was very, very young for like a big family vacation trip, and it must have been like way late 80s.
2: Part of our national heritage is under threat and on fire tonight.
1: In the summer of 1988, wildfires burned through nearly a third of Yellowstone National Park.
2: Our oldest national park is under siege tonight. The president to declare Yellowstone National Park a national disaster. The only area. thing I remember, and when
1: Mars, you said this, it kind of made me re- remember it, was that smoke in the distance. I, that's the only kind of visual image that I, I have that I can remember because I was, I was so young. Um, and it wasn't really yeah. at home and it was easy enough for us to leave because it was a vacation anyways.
2: But like you said, it's such a visual yeah. for you, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's more than just something on TV. It's something you're actually seeing playing out in front of you.
0: Yeah. yeah. And especially as a kid, like mm-hmm. you, they see things and they hold on to those things, they, oh, yeah. you know, especially with their imagination. So yeah. seeing a fire and then actually seeing the huge column, like yeah. it was, you can definitely uh, apply it, I guess, yeah. to kind of understand what's going on.
2: Oh, James, I give you so much credit as a firefighter. I'm going to say Scott and I are both Navy. You know, we were both naval. I, I was, we were. Naval officers, but when you're on a Navy ship, and you probably know this, James, everyone's a firefighter, right? Because you can't call the fire department, right? So everyone has to be trained in how to fight a fire. And everyone has Mm -hmm. to wear the gear with the mask, with the oxygen, and fight the... I sucked that oxygen. Yeah. They kept saying you need to calm down. I'm like, I cannot. This thing on my face. I'm like, I this I'm, this is not my jam. This is not. Yeah, my I was out. I
1: was actually so on my second ship, I was actually the damage control assistant. So they send us through an abbreviated version of yes, probably what so what you brave. guys do through DCA school. So we learn how to do things like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, working with flooding, right? Because it's not just fires you're going to fight on a ship; it's potential flooding, mm-hmm. right? But and firefighting. Yeah, so yeah. I was the I was the guy in charge of like. Teaching the new sailors coming to the ship, you know, firefighting and running those drills and getting my other experts and and all that stuff. And I mean, they would just they'd be throwing those things on. And and so for us, you know, on a navy ship, when it comes to fire, when you're out and you're you're steaming independently, I mean, you were quite literally by yourself in the middle of the ocean. So yeah. you want to talk about like paramount importance. Like if you ever hear. And so they just rapid mm. ringing of the bells, you know, black smoke, black smoke, black smoke in space, and they call the space. And I'm, I'm flying out of bed. I'm pulling my boots on, yeah. putting my red hat it's on, ho-
2: and you have and, everyone and I'm has a place to go, printing
1: down to damage control central, yeah. um, and then I start calling it away, right? And all and all my teams are getting to their repair lockers and doing all the same thing. And it doesn't matter if it's a false alarm or not. I mean, you you know this false alarm or not? We're mm-hmm. treating it like it's the real thing. Um, yeah. It-
0: so yeah shipboard firefightings uh is a whole different animal that's, <laughs> that's you're fighting fire in a confined space that does nothing yeah. but conduct heat which mm-hmm. makes it hotter that's that's a different animal than what we go through most of the time so yeah, yeah i mean it's it's lucky got a I know. lot of respect your way too you,
1: you you mentioned kind of firefighting steeped in history like what's some firefighting history that that you could kind of like tell the average listener like you know like myself like i i couldn't speak to too much firefighting history like is there stuff like in your kind of neck of the woods or is there kind of
0: yeah so um well I'm in St. Augustine so we got tons oh, of history
2: we gotta go there St. Augustine all oldest, yeah. oldest I'm, city I'm right? yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um so from a fire service standpoint you know the Dalmatian right mm-hmm. yeah so those were originally uh, brought on with the fire department to help keep the horses calm while they're in the stables and stuff okay so they a lot of places have dalmatians or yeah. some sort of dog to yeah, definitely to keep the horses calm when they weren't yeah mm-hmm. so that's kind of how that evolved into like a traditional oh, cool. station dog kind mm-hmm. of thing huh. yeah Very yeah and then uh yeah the, the fire helmets are usually yep. designed so the water flows back off your back so it doesn't go down your coat things Uh, like that yeah little things like that like leather so it expands it doesn't really uh get damaged from heat it you know it's very pliable um durable so a lot of leather helmets um so just uh trumpets they used to use trumpets to communicate before radios yeah uh water mains instead of uh they used to be wood um so they would have to drill down to catch a we call it catch a hydrant or catch a plug yeah. Well, that term comes from water mains used to be wood, and to order to get the water supply, they would have to drill into the wood God, to get the water to the steam engines, and okay. then they would plug up the water main. So, catch After. the plug kind of thing came from that. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Little well, things like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and that's actually a, a perfect segue into kind of what tends to be my my third question is is what's some regional history in your area. <laughs> Hey, either regional history <laughs> that everybody around there knows, right? We talked to someone mm-hmm. who lived in Missouri, and yeah. he he was there for the Lincoln Douglas. Yeah, is it the Lincoln Douglas debate, mm-hmm. right? That and everybody be- knows the Lincoln Douglas <laughs> debate happened in you know in his neighborhood, right? In his little city, yeah. right? And and I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't uh, be able to tell you. What where did JD it was.
2: say? JD said something um, about the Missouri runners, like the um people back and forth across the border.
1: Yeah, I, I I can't remember. We'll have to listen back to that Siri to that particular episode. History. So if you're listening and you're curious, go back into our into our, our podcast episode <laughs> yeah. and, and look for the one with history underground. So what's some regional history that that people might not know about where you are?
0: All right, so there's a ton. Before I start, I do have to acknowledge that Pensacola was established before Saint Augustine. Yeah. However, it was abandoned. Mm-hmm. So Saint Augustine has the title nation's oldest city, yeah. Yeah. continuously ah, okay. occupied oldest city. Cool. So I always gotta. I could put that out there because people will try and call me out. (laughs) Um, So it started in September 8th, uh, 1565. The Spanish landed in what is now St. Augustine and established a base. Um, Well, their goal was to attack the French who had already established a base uh, at a place called Fort Caroline, which is by modern day Jacksonville. They established that in 1564. So almost a full year before the Spanish established St. Augustine. Uh, the Spanish, however, had already laid claims to Florida. Uh, they discovered it. They discovered it, and you know, according to them, Florida was from the Keys all the way up to Maine. That was yeah. all theirs. That's wow. how things worked back then. Yeah.
1: Sure. <laughs> so
0: they weren't fans of uh, the French setting up an uh, outpost uh, near Jacksonville. Uh, some people think it was a little farther north into Georgia, but that general area. Mm-hmm. And they were actually, the French, uh, they were actually uh, religious refugees. I guess they were exiled, they were French Huguenots. Um, I guess there was some civil unrest at that time. So they established essentially one of the first uh, uh, religious refugee camps, I guess, or colonies uh, in the Americas. Um, Well, Spanish landed at St. Augustine. They were gonna attack Fort Caroline simultaneously. The French were going to attack the Spanish at St. Augustine. The French went by sea, the Spanish went by land. The Spanish attacked a pretty much undefended Fort Caroline, killed everyone. If you stayed there, you were dead. They they were brutal back then. Um, well, the French, on their way to St. Augustine, they hit a storm, shipwrecked most of the fleet. Most of the survivors uh, would be washed up. About half of the remaining fleet would be washed up on the shores. So the Spanish made it back to St. Augustine and local Timucuan Indians alerted them that, hey, there's some shipwrecked French over here. That you better investigate. So uh, Pedro Menendez and a small group of Spanish soldiers met the French at an inlet. And uh, the French outnumbered the Spanish, but they were in no condition to fight. They were just shipwrecked. They've gone weeks without food, water, all that good stuff. Um, so they're like, hey, you don't need to fight. Just surrender we will ferry you back to St. Augustine, but we can only take you 10 at a time because we only have a small supply of soldiers. The French were like, that's, that's fine. I'm just thirsty and tired. So they would ferry them across this inlet, and when they got to the other side of the inlet, they would would massacre them, they would murder them in groups of 10, groups of 10, groups of 10. 10. The other side had no idea. A Couple weeks later, another group of friends came, the same thing happened. Well, that inlet is now called Matanzas Inlet, and that word Matanzas means massacres or slaughters. So, and Matanzas right today is an absolutely beautiful inlet. It's a lot of boat traffic, beautiful beaches, and uh, a lot of people probably don't realize how uh, blood-soaked the sand dunes are that they're sunbathing on. Wow. So that's always something that's, that's, that's pretty cool.
2: interesting to me. That's, that's very cool. That's yeah. a
1: great piece of regional history. That's yeah. that's super, yeah. super neat. And it's talk
0: about, I mean, sneaky
2: like... Super Spanish. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and,
0: and talking about... And then about, from then on, essentially the Spanish had control of Florida because oh, yeah. there was yeah. no French left. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. And the French were in, like, all right, we get the point. And, 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 and,
1: in, and in this country too, it's hard to point to history that goes that far back, Right. Because um, for, our, you know, most people can be like, ah, 1700s, you know, the 1600s, you know, yeah. here, here and there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to, to be able to point back to like, hey, you know, longest kind of continuous, uh, continuously mm-hmm. occupied, you know, mm-hmm. or used city, yeah. you know, in the entire continental United States, all the way back to the... Would you say mid 1500s, late 1500s? 1560,
0: 1565. Okay, mm-hmm. is when uh, Saint Augustine.
1: Yeah, yeah, finished. that's that's wow. a that's a super cool. That's yeah,
2: we will cool have to do one. that story. I have mean, you it, done that story?
0: I have. It was one of my first episodes oh, wow. that I did on my phone, but yeah. I feel like I should go back and kind of, sure, kind of you know, yeah. use actually my camera and some better editing <laughs> from yeah. early on. But
1: <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, so that, there's
0: actually a fort there too now.
1: Really? Oh, is there? Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, Fort Matanzas. It was built in the 1740s by the Spanish because we're going into more history here. The Matanzas yeah. Inlet is kind of a back door to St. Augustine. So you have the St. Augustine Inlet, the Matanzas Inlet, and then there's a barrier island, and then St. Augustine. Okay. So when the British exactly. laid siege to St. Augustine, they came up the back way that was unguarded and burned down St. Augustine. Well, the Spanish learned from this, so they built an outpost there called Fort Matanzas in the 1740s. So there's, you have the story about the beach and then 200 years later, roughly is uh, now there's Fort Matanzas there, which is another cool little fort. It's on a barrier li- island. You got to take a little ferry there. It's, it's awesome.
2: That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. My kids are interested yeah. in those.
1: Yeah, they, they they like doing yeah. it. that's they, we drag them everywhere, and at least they enjoy like the forts and the yeah. stuff that they can kind of go around. That's oh, I love forts! Yeah, yeah. So so that it gets kind of segue to the last question I like to ask folks. You know, that to do YouTube specifically is is what's one video of yours that you've either really enjoyed the most, kind of your favorite, or something that kind of surprised you and stood out to you over the course of doing the YouTube channel.
0: I, I learned. Every episode, no matter how much research you do, when you go to a site, it's completely different. You get a whole new perspective of whether it's a battlefield or a museum or a fort. You know, you can read about it, but going there and seeing it and reading the stories from that uh, site is definitely you, you can't beat that. I, I learned something constantly, um, I guess, because it's fresh in my mind and uh, I just did it, I guess, Antietam. Right now is probably one of my favorite uh, places I visited. Uh, I do got Gettysburg stuff on the way, but I went to the Bloody Lane,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um, which was just an ordinary sunken road uh, Mm -hmm. before 1862, and now it's called the Bloody Lane. Yeah. Um, And something that was interesting was it was a sunken road because of wagon traffic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the roads back then were heavily wagons, and that's how you got from one place to another. Well, I guess over time, the roads sunk. And when a battle would come through, and those are great defensive positions, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing the, the sunken lane, you you would think that, you know, when you think of a battlefield, you think of flat, open land. You know, that's, you know, that's why the casualties were so high. But the sunken lane was, it, it was interesting because you can walk up to it and you're in a depression. You can't even see the sunken lane. So you try to em- envision, you I know, mean, a wall of Union troops coming wow. to the sunken lane. And then all of a sudden you know, they reappear right in front of the, the Confederate infantry. So I mean, you can just get, get a, a sense of the terrain and how it affects and aids the defenders and inhibits the defenders. And mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's you, things like that you can't beat.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's how I, you know, I felt that way at Gettysburg. And I still feel that way yeah. every time I go to Gettysburg. I just I try to imagine all these men and just what it would have looked like to just see that, you know, and, yeah. I think... um I got out there early in the morning where no one was on the field, battlefield yet. And I was up at Little Round Top before they had closed it and everything. And I'm just like, gosh, I can't even imagine. It's so beautiful. And just to see all these people yeah. coming at you, you know, yeah. I'd be like, okay, here we go. We're going to do the best we can.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I walk pickets charge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people do that. Yeah. But again, that's another thing. When you watch the movie Gettysburg, it's just an open field nice and flat and you're like oh that's why the cat you know that's why you know they had no chance but when i'm walking it there was depressions where there was times where the union couldn't see the confederate forces Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that that's things that you don't you don't realize until you're walking the very ground that they walked um yeah i don't know it just it's always weird to go to a battlefield. Uh, The best way I can describe it is hauntingly beautiful.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: you got the mountains in the background and the the stone fences and you're like, how is this place home to such carnage? It's always hard to film when, you know, you're, you're, I was at the angle. I sat there for like Mm -hmm. 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. just like looking at the land and trying to remember what I've seen in the movie Gettysburg, as opposed to what I was actually seeing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely a humbling experience and like, the best way I can describe it is hauntingly beautiful.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm always thankful I have my camera because I'm like, if there's a ghost or something, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe in any of that, but I have the camera. So,
1: (laughs) Well, James, I'm sure we could, I feel like we could probably keep chatting for another Mm -hmm. hour if we wanted to, but that would be an an extra long podcast for us. So for, for those listening, how can, what's the best place for people to find you?
0: Oh gosh. I am the worst self promoter ever. My wife tells me that (laughs) all the time. Well, I'm on Instagram. Uh, yep. I think the actual name is project.past. Um, I'm on TikTok now. I I, I bit the bullet and, and <laughs> jumped on TikTok. Yeah, uh, that's TikTok uh, project past underscore between project and the past. And on YouTube, that's my that's my main uh, platform. And that is project underscore past as well.
1: All right. Yeah. Well, and, and for those, if you want to look them up on YouTube, I think you can pretty easily, you just search project pass and he pops up
0: or he's one of the first people. And I
2: see you wearing so. a project pass yeah. hat. So can people order I, stuff yeah. from you? Like, is there a gift shop?
0: Uh, uh, I have a store. Okay. I don't use it much. Uh, I pretty much use it for myself. If I want a shirt to wear in a video, <laughs> yeah. I'll go on the <laughs> store the and order it. We <laughs> uh, yeah. It's linked to my YouTube. Uh, you can't get hats yet. I, I haven't found a, uh, Cost-effective way to deliver your hats without charging you fifty dollars. I don't sure. want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's just you know this is the most uh, unique hat in the world. It's the <laughs> only one like it. There we go. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm working on it. I'll, I'll post something if I can. If I can find something that's economic for everybody.
1: All right. Well, thank you so so much, James, for joining us. And for Thanks those for listening, having... um, thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time.
2: Thank you.